0: Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. I've been sensing something for probably about the last six months. And, um, you know, and I've made this comment every, every chance that I've got to speak or something like that. I've made this comment that you would have to be a fool to look around the world today and not understand that time is running out. You'd have to be a fool to, to look around and see what's happening across the face of this earth and not realize that we're, we're, in the, we're right at the end. And um, in our nation, uh, things are transpiring that I would have never, ever thought that we would see. It's pretty bad when we get to a place where we don't know which bathroom you should use. That's bad. That's bad. That's not good. And, um, you know, God has called you and I for such a time as this. He's called us for right here and for right now. But you can look down through history and see people that made a change uh, who was willing to sacrifice. And uh, we're in a series right now that's uh, it's called Chase the Lion. And uh, the general theme of this series has been that... that um, you know, everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a 500-pound lion that they're chasing, uh, and that's their dream, and they need to go af- after that with, with everything that they have. And uh, we're going to take a, a little bit of a turn this morning, and I'm going to use uh, a couple of the sayings that are out of, out of uh, uh, the book. And, um, but I, I felt God laid something on my heart, and, uh, and just, just know this today. God has a plan for your life. You you may not even have a relationship with him this morning, but God has got a tremendous plan for your life. And it doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter where you came from, it doesn't matter uh, what your station in life is, it doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, skinny, fat, rich, uh, uh, ugly, good looking, good, bad, ugly, God has a plan for your life and He wants to use you. And um, the only way that that can happen is when we come into a place where we say, I surrender, I surrender. And you know, this is a process. This is a process because I said this um, uh, over 30 years ago. Uh, In the belly of the whale, I I cried out and said, okay, God, I surrender, but guess what? I had to surrender yesterday and I had to surrender the day before because every day I'm faced with choices in my life. And those, and those choices that I'm faced with, I have to be able to say no to Roger and yes to Jesus. No to Roger and yes to Jesus. And so one of the, one of the things that I, I saw in here, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about, about this today, and I don't know what your 500-pound lion is, and I, I, I want to encourage you that I'll be sharing next week, God willing, if we're not whisked out of this place before then. But I'm going to be sharing because I know there's a number of you that are sitting here today that say, I don't have a dream. I don't have a 500-pound lion to go after. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week because there's a way to get that dream. How many this morning would say that? That's me, I I don't necessarily have a dream in my life. And uh, we're gonna share a little bit about that next week. But um, God is in this place today, and I so want to just step aside and yield to Him. And to, and to have him speak through me and and see what he wants to communicate to you because God's laid some things on my heart, but I want to be totally open to the Spirit this morning and let God move and do what he wants to do in your and my life. How many is ready for that this morning? Yeah. Amen? Thank you. Father, we, we love you today. Um, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace, and God, uh, Lord, as Pastor Norm so often says, if this man doesn't say it, God, somehow, some way, through the Holy Spirit today, speak to every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place this morning. And God, I pray that the seed of the word of God, as it goes forth, that it lands in good ground. God, that it springs forth and brings forth much fruit. Lord, we ask again that when all is said and done today, that you would be well-pleased, and tickled pink at what happens here today. For we ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. "Amen." Faith is climbing out on a limb, cutting it off, and watching the tree fall down. That's faith. It takes that kind of faith to go after a, a lion in a, in a snowy uh, in, on a snowy day in a pit. And I got to thinking about that, I'm thinking, man, I me, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And that's what we've been talking about is Ben and I went in, in, into a pit after a lion on a snowy day. That was his 500-pound lion. That was, that was who he was. He was a warrior in God. But as I thought about that and I began to think about that, faith is going out on a limb. That's you and I going out on a limb. That means you and I taking steps when we're not sure where it's going to end up at, but something inside of us says, God is prompting me to go here. God is prompting me to do this, and so I'm going to take this step. And And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about you and I going out on a limb, and then I was brought back to our prime example, which was Christ. Would you go out on a limb for the one who went out on a tree for you? Jesus Christ went out on a tree for you, and he didn't do it when you were good. He did it while we were yet sinners. He did it not even uh, with a guarantee that you and I would accept his sacrifice. And yet he went out on a tree for you and I. Would you go out on a limb for him? Would you say, God... Take my life, whatever you want me to do, whichever way you want me to go, I'll go that way and yield our lives to him. This this time that you are seeing darkness across the face of the earth, this time when you are seeing evil raise its ugly head in all shapes, forms, and fashions, God has called you today, God has called you today to be the light and to be the salt of this earth. It's you. If It's not anybody else. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And there are some promises in his word that he said. And Jesus said it himself. And you know, I've watched through all of these things. The prayers that Jesus prayed, there's not been one prayer that he's prayed that didn't get answered. When Jesus prayed a prayer, when he said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus who was dead, didn't have any choice. He had to come to life and come out of the grave because Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. There's not been a prayer that Jesus has ever prayed that didn't come to pass. And Jesus said this. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. That's you. That's me. That's you. That's me. Say, that's me. That's me. Right now. If you look in the book of Acts, I believe it's in the 17th chapter, it says that God, before time began, ordained where you would live. He set the bounds of your habitation and the time that you would live there. So you're here in 2016 is not a mistake. It's not a mistake. And we need to stop looking at what we see around us and begin to say, God... Let my light shine. Let my light shine. Because you can take a stand, and it's when people decide, I'm going to make a stand for Jesus Christ. Come hell or high water, I don't care. I'm going to yield my life to him, and you can make a difference in this world. God has called you and I to make a difference. And I'm going to talk this morning about three young men. And they were young men. In fact, uh, in some references to them, they're called children. But I'm going to talk to you this morning about three young men for a little while. And these three young men didn't have a Bill of Rights. They didn't have Second Amendment rights. They didn't have voting privileges. They didn't, in fact, they were slaves. And they were carried away from their own country and put in as slaves to serve under a tyrannical king that could say, hey, I don't like you. You're dead meat. And that's the situation that they lived in. Thank God right now, you and I have some liberties. Don't take those liberties lightly. Do not take those liberties lightly. Exercise the freedom that you have. We're, we're two, three weeks away from an election. Get and study what the candidates stand for. Stand uh, and, and get to the, to the voting booth and vote. Ask God to help you. I've never seen, I I would never think that we would come to the choices that we have. But God has a hand in everything. And you know what? I don't care who gets in the White House. God still sits on the throne. God still sits on the throne. And so we look around and God, we, we, God doesn't want us to represent hopelessness. So you and I as individuals, we look at our life and we look at the things that are going on around us and we see hopelessness. That's not what we're supposed to see. This is called Mount Hope. This is a place of hope. God gives hope in every circumstance. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read to you. is it all right if I just read a story to you this morning and uh, you just bear with me and I'm going to get I'll throw some scriptures up on the screen. Most of you have heard this story, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell it again just because it's a, it's a good story. We're going to read out of Daniel. Chapter 3, beginning at the first verse, and uh, I'm using the Message um, Bible this morning. King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue 90 feet high and 9 feet thick, and he set it up on the Dura Plain in the province of Babylon. He then ordered all the important leaders in the province, everybody who was anybody, to the dedication ceremony of the statue. They all came for the dedication, all the important people. They took their places before the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had erected. A herald then proclaimed in a loud voice, Attention, everyone, every race, color, creed, listen. When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets, the trombones, the tubas, the baritones, and the drums, and the cymbals, fall to your knees and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into a roaring furnace. The band started playing, a huge band equipped with all musical instruments of Babylon, and everyone, every race, every color, every creed fell down to their knees and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Faith, listen to me this morning. Everyone was falling down and worshiping. You know what? The world is playing a tune today. And you have to decide. What faith is, it said everyone. What faith is, is when the world is going this way and God's calling you this way. And faith is saying, while everybody else is going this way, I'm going God's way. I'm going God's way. Faith is while the world is listening to their tune, which is generally gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy and I want all you can give me. That's that's the world's tune. What can I get? My 15 minutes of fame or whatever. And God's tune is, oh, how I love Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but Carmen, now I'm found. Thank God whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm no longer bound by the chains of sin. I am free, and I'm going to live my life, and I don't care if the world is going this way. I'm going to go God's way. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. And God has called you and I to walk in a walk of faith that we can stand up against the things that are happening in this world, and out of love we can say, Thus saith the Lord, and that's what happens. God has called you and I to a walk of faith. Amen? Everyone's going this way. Faith goes this way. Faith goes God's way. It's not even my way. It's God's way. It's God's way. You know, I have to say no to Roger every day. Paul said this. He said, I die daily. That means this guy's got to go. John the Baptist said it. Went and got his head cut off, but he said, I, I, I have to decrease so that he can increase. Jesus can increase. And I need to decrease so Jesus can increase. So that when people see me, they don't see Roger. They see Jesus. More of Jesus. Amen? Okay, so everybody was going to the music of the world. Every race, every color, every creed, they were all going that way. Just then, picking up in verse eight, then some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews and they said, O king Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You gave strict orders, O king, that when the big band started playing, and everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. Whoever did not go to their knees and worship it had, uh, would be pitched into a roaring furnace. Well, there are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you, king, and they don't respect your gods and they don't worship you. Hey, People are watching you and I right now. Yes, you know what? We need to make a stand. I, and there's people that are pointing you out and saying, hey, you can't say that. That's not politically correct. You know, I, I, I've read I don't know how many accounts of men that were uh, uh, captains in, in, in all sorts of ranks and different uh, branches of the service who lost their jobs because they were not supposed to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. But they said, I'm going to stand and I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus, no matter what you say. Because there's a law that's higher than the law of this land. There's a law that's higher, and we need to adhere to that higher law, to God's law. Why wouldn't these men bow down? They wouldn't bow down. Because if you go into Exodus chapter 20 and you read, this is one of the ten, one of the big ten commandments. You don't have, make any graven images and you don't bow down before them. We have a lot of images in this world today. We have a lot of things that people are bowing down to. Wealth, money, fame. And um, you know what? It's, again, it's the willingness that when the world is going this way, you're going to walk God's way. It doesn't matter. And there are going to be, in fact, if you, in First uh, Peter 4, 4, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but it says the world and the friends are going to be surprised when you don't join in them. People are going to look at you and I and think, weirdo, why aren't they joining in? This is, this is life, this is living. And they're going to scorn you, and they're going to mock you, and they're going to make fun of you. But you know what? I don't care what they think about m- me. I care about what he thinks about me. I've got to please one person in this world, and that is Jesus Christ. That's who I'm looking to please. It doesn't matter what the world thinks about me. I could care less. We need to come to that place where um, we don't care what people think. And I don't mean that in a bad way. You know what I'm saying this morning. Amen? Furious, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be bought in. Interesting thing. This king is ticked. He is mad. He's built this 90-foot this, uh, statue, and it's, it's uh, made of pure gold. You know, does anybody know what Proverbs 19:12 says? Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> I like that. Um, we're, in a, we're in a series. It's called Chase the Lion. Proverbs 19:12 says, The king's wrath is like a roaring of a lion. And they're standing before the roaring of a lion. They're standing before the king's wrath. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, when the men were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar asked, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't respect my gods? You refuse to worship the gold statue that I have set up? Are you sure this is what you want to do? How many heard that before? Go on to the next slide. I'm giving you a second chance. I've heard that somewhere before. You know what? How many has how ever been tempted here? And you beat that thing off. You know, what, Jesus Jesus went out into the wilderness, and the devil came once. He came twice. He came three times. Jesus gave him the word, and he left. The Bible says even there he left for a season. So the enemy is always, gonna, he's always willing to present that opportunity again. We've got to have our minds made up. Hey, get behind me, Satan. I'm not going that way. So here the king, in all of his mercy, says, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. The devil will always come back again and try to present that thing to you. You, 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 Do you think that that Eve in the garden, you think that was a one-time conversation? Telling you now. Day in and day out, he was throwing that fruit up in her face and saying, look at this, if you, you can be like God. You can be like God. And that's what he does with you and I. We need to just have a determination that we're not going there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king Nebuchadnezzar, your threat means nothing to us. We need to be able to say that to the devil when he comes. In fact, what was said of Jesus said, he has come and he's found nothing in me. I want to be able to say that when the enemy comes, he's got nothing in me. There's nothing inside of me. There's no little room in my life. There's no place in my life where he's got a hold of. He has no hold on me whatsoever. I am totally free from any snare or any hook that he has. I am free from the bondage of sin. Amen? So I love that song. I'm no longer slave to fear. I'm not a, in a fear of anything. Your threat means nothing to us. I love this, this passage here. It, it says so much to me. They said, your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from the roaring, fiery furnace and anything else you might cook up. They had faith in God that God was able. You know, God can do anything. God can do anything. With God, nothing is impossible. There's not a thing that God can't do. And they had that type of faith towards God. But I love what they said. He can rescue us from the roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O king. But even if he doesn't, listen to me this morning, and this is the crux of the matter in trusting God. Even if he doesn't rescue you, it won't make a bit of difference. Even if he doesn't rescue us. Even if he doesn't do what I want him to do. Even if the healing doesn't come. Even if I don't get that car. Even if the relationship is not destroyed. Even if I don't get the home that I wanted. Even if I don't get the loan that I wanted. Even if the things don't go the way that I think they should. I'm still going to trust God. I know that God is able. I know that he's got a plan for my life. And I know that whatever his plan is, it's good. Jeremiah said it. He said, I know. I know the plans that I have for you. They're to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. I've got a plan. And you and I have to come to the place that no matter what we see, it doesn't matter if God moves the way I think he should or I don't. I'm still not going to bow my knee. I'm going to walk this way. I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go God's way. And it doesn't matter what I see. It's, we have to get away from this thing of feelings. They're fickle. We walk around day in and day out, and we see this and it affects us. And we hear this and it affects us. And we feel this way and it affects us. We need to chuck that stuff out the window and get looking through the eye of faith. What is the eye of faith? Is I'm gonna listen to what God's word said and whatever's in this book, I'm gonna believe it, I'm gonna stand on this, this is the word of truth and it doesn't matter what I see, it doesn't matter what I hear, I'm gonna walk according to this and if God chooses not to deliver me, that's okay because he's got a higher purpose and whatever his purpose is, in the end it doesn't matter, I win. I win. You win. The church doesn't lose today. We win. You know what? The cross that Jesus hung on didn't look like victory until three days later. And three days later, what looked like a total defeat became a total victory for you and for me. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes we are healed. The chastisement of his peace, he paid for our peace. We shouldn't be walking around without the peace of God. We shouldn't be walking around without the joy of the Lord because that's our strength. If you're walking around in weakness, listen to me this morning. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let the joy of the Lord overtake you. We are living in a world today to make a difference. We're not here by accident. We're here to make a difference. And somebody says, listen to me this morning. If you've never heard excited preaching, fasten your pew belts. It's, I get excited about what God's doing. It stirs me up because that's how it comes back to me and it excites me because I know that God, God has called you and I to great, great things. And we have to stop limiting him. So they said, we don't care. And most of you know this story. We don't care. Even if he doesn't. Wouldn't it it be great to walk your life like that? I know God's able. How many know God's able? God's able. But to say, you know what? Even if he doesn't, turn it the way I think he should. You know what? In the light of eternity, every single prayer will be answered. Every seed of faith that was ever planted will bring forth fruit in the light of eternity. And that's how you and I need to begin to think. Everything that we do has an eternal value to it, has an eternal consequence to it. When you're chasing your 500-pound lion, make sure it's a God-ordained lion. Make it. Make sure it's something, you know what? It, you're going to find as, as we finish out this... Whatever your 500-pound lion is, it's not going to be just for you. First of all, it needs to be bigger than you. And it may be something that you don't finish, but it gets finished later on. And it's going to affect other people's lives for the good, for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Don't we have any detectors of that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Everybody knows they got delivered from the furnace. Amen? Okay. Um, let me just read through that real quick. Nebuchadnezzar, his face purple with anger, cut off Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he, delivered, he ordered the furnace to get seven times hotter. The guy was ticked. And he ordered some strong men from the army to tie them up, hands and feet, and throw them into the roaring furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bound hand and foot, fully dressed from head to toe, were pitched into the roaring fire. Because the king was in such a hurry and the furnace was so hot, the flames from the furnace killed some of the men that carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to it. While the fire raged around Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, suddenly King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm and said, didn't we throw three men bound hand and foot into the fire? And they said, that's right, king, that's what we did. He says, but look, I see four men walking around freely in the fire completely unharmed and the fourth one looks like the son of man jesus was in the fire you know what psalms 23 says this he, he, he uh the the psalmist said yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil why because he's with me he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you that's his promise to you he's not saying that you're not going to go into the fire and and listen to me this morning He's not even saying you're going to come out of the fire. They did. What he's saying is he'll be with you, whatever walk that you have to walk. Nebuchadnezzar went to the door of the roaring furnace and called out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the high God, come out here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and walk out of the fire. And all the important people, the government leaders, the kings, the counselors, gathered around to examine them and discovered that the fire hadn't so much as touched the three men. Not a hair was singed, not a scorch mark on their clothes, not even the smell of fire on them. Now, if you, I'm going to read this next verse, and then Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and the to go. This is the king that earlier said, I'm going to throw you in the fire, and who is the God that can deliver you? Now he's saying, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. That's why we're here. That's That's why you're living in the United States right now, is to be able to be that kind of example. Through this, God changed that king's heart, and he changed the nation. God's called you to change people's hearts, and we do it by walking God's way. We go God's way while the world's going this way. We stand strong and people observe and watch what you and I do as a witness and that witnesses and it changes things. If we will stand strong for the Lord, we can change things for the better. You may not see uh, what you think in your life, but just keep going God's way. Just keep going God's way. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the name uh, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels and rescued his servants who trusted in him. They ignored the king's orders, laid their bodies down on the line rather than to serve and worship any God. Then he makes a decree and says that anybody who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to be in big trouble. They changed a king's heart, they changed the nation. God did, because he delivered them. And God wants to use you and I. Maybe to change Gaylord, maybe to change Michigan, maybe to change Otsego County, maybe to change the heart of your neighbor, but we have to stand strong for the Lord. You're here for a reason. God's called you for a purpose, amen? Let me read you the story of a, this is one of the stories out of the the book. I actually Googled the man and pulled it up from WordPress and uh, preaching today. In November 1964, anarchy broke out in the Belgian Congo. Assemblies of God missionary J.W. Tucker knew he was at risk, but he stayed where God had placed him. In fact, in, in another account I read of this, him and a friend were discussing him going into, the, into this region of the Congo, and, and um, the man said, his la- la- last name was Potts, he said to J.W., he said, hey, he said, uh, you may not come out of there if you go in. J.W. said, God called me to go in. He didn't call me to come out. He called me to go in. God's you know what? The miracle of, of the three Hebrew children, the greatness of that story wasn't so much the coming out, it was the going in. It was the going in. It was the decision that I'm going to stand regardless of the consequences. I'm going this way. When the world is going this way, I'm going this way, regardless of the consequences, because I know God is able. And, and J.W. said, hey, I wasn't called to go out. I was called to go in. And, uh, but he stayed where God had placed him. One day, a mob attacked and killed him with sticks, clubs, fists, and broken bottles. They took his body and threw it in the back of a truck and drove a good distance, and then tossed his corpse to the crocodiles in the Bamakandi River uh, in what is now called the Democratic Republic of Congo. J.W. Tucker had risked everything, yet he seemingly had nothing to show for it. But 30 years later, John Wideman, a close friend of Tucker's, was in the country, by then was known as Zaire and learned how God had used that missionary sacrifice. The, the Bamokandi River flows through the middle of the Mangbetu tribe, a people virtually without the gospel. This was his 500-pound lion. This was his dream. During a time of the Civil War, the Mangbetu king became distressed with the violence and appealed to the central government in Kenosha to, for help. The central government responded, sending a man called the brigadier. A well-known policeman of strong stature and reputation who came from the region of Assyro, J.W. Tucker had won the brigadier to the Lord just two months before he was killed. The the brigadier determined to reach the Mangbeto tribe with the gospel, the only way to peace. Being a relatively new Christian, he did his best to witness, but he was met with no response. Then one day he heard of an ancient tribal tradition. If the blood of any man flows in the Bamokandi River, you must listen to his message. This saying had been with the Mangbetos from, from the beginning of time for them. The brigadier called for the king and all the village elders, and they gathered in full assembly to hear his address. Some time ago a man was killed, this is what he said to them, and his body was thrown into your Bama River. The brigadier began, the crocodiles in the river ate him up. His blood flowed in your river, but before he died, he left me a message. This message concerns God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to this world to save people who were sinners. He died for the sins of the world. He died for my sins. I received this message, and it changed my life. As the brigadier preached the Spirit of God descended on the people began to fall to their knees and cry out to the Lord, and many were converted. As a result of J.W. Tucker's martyrdom, a great revival swept through the region. Thousands decided to follow Christ. Hundreds experienced divine healing. It was even reported that some were raised from the dead. The Assemblies of God reported 4,710 adult members of the believers in 1964 in the Congo. 50 years later, in 2014, this tally had risen to 570,859 adherents. At least part of this incredible growth was due to the sacrifice of J.W. Tucker, who gave his life to the people of Congo. He had a wife, he had three children. She lost a husband, they lost a dad. Heaven gained a hero. In fact, it was said at 20,000 feet, they were rescued. They were actually captured too, and they were rescued two days later when, when JW was killed. They were rescued and brought back by, uh, I think it was Belgian paratroopers. And she just prayed a prayer and said, Lord, use Jay's life. And uh, I think God used Jay's life. In the grand scheme, of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, eternal gain infinitely offsets earthly pain. Say that, say that with me. In the grand scheme of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, eternal gain infinitely offsets earthly pain. Paul said it this way. He said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall re- be revealed in us. You know, we're, we're looking for a day where we're going to go someplace where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more light bills, <laughs> no more anything that's painful and walk on streets of gold. Paul said it in another place. It says, for our light affliction. Here's a man who was beaten three times with 39 stripes, was left for dead, was... Thrown out, uh, shipwrecked, all these things, and he calls it my light affliction. My light affliction is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more eternal and exceeding way to glory. Sarah, come up here, Pastor uh, Pastor Norm. You guys with me this morning? We're getting there. Pastor Norm. Um, he had this out. I don't know, a few months back, and I, I, it, it so impressed me. And um, just hold on to that bucket there. I don't know, how many, how many can see the blue here? Can you see the blue? Okay. That blue right there, that little bit of blue, that represents your and my life, the lifespan that you and I have. Okay? This here, the rest of it, represents eternity. Okay, forever and ever. What, what did Buzz Lightyear say? To infinity, and beyond. to infinity and beyond. And you know what our problem is? We're living our life with this right here in our mind. What happens here? What happens in this, this little span here? and we need to be living our life for this. You know, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting down there. 1920 through 1929, they called it the Roaring Twenties. And uh, the stock market was, was something that was going on at that time, and, and I'm telling you what, it was just going like crazy. People were making money hand over fist. They were they were going. In fact, I I forget what the percentage was. It was a large percentage of the money that was invested in the stock market was borrowed, because and because it was churning out, it was just it just kept raising, raising, raising. I think it ro- rose like 400 percent, tremendous increase, and. Uh, so people were gambling everything that they had. They were putting up everything that they had. And, of course, the banks were tied to that, and the banks began to invest in that, too. They took the people who were putting their money into the bank, and they invested in it. And, man, and it, it, what it looked like was there was going to be no end to the thing. And then on October 28, 1929, it was Black Monday, and the market crashed. And the people who were living for this right here Lost everything that they had. Lost their home, lost their retirement. In fact, there were, the suicide rate went up tremendously because people had invested in that little section there and forgot about this. Forgot about this. What are, what are you investing in today? What, do you, what, are you, what are you living your life for? You know, Matthew, very familiar passage of scripture. Matthew chapter six and verse 19 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, where's your heart today? Are you willing to walk this way when the world is going this way? You know what? My, my old pastor is a funny guy. And um, he always said, you know, I, I want to go out, you know, if you will, in a blaze of glory. I want to go out with my life counting for Christ. And he said, you know what? I can see we're going to be in this big old bus and my face is going to be plastered up against that window looking when we run over the devil's arcus. <laughs> God has called you and I to victory. God has called you and I to a, to a place. I, 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 God, li, 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 listen to me this morning. God has a plan for your life. You're not even here this morning by accident. And, and I know that there's people sitting in here this morning that are saying, it's not me. God, God can't use me. I went the wrong way too long. And there's no way that God can use me i made so many bad mistakes, well, you know what? Join the crowd. I've said this over and over again, you've heard it, you're probably sick of it, but when I get to heaven, I'm gonna argue with Paul, because he said he was the chiefest of sinners, and I think I was right behind him, we're gonna see. But if you're here today, and that's you, and you're thinking, no, it's too late, I've gone too far. I was thinking about this this week. It's funny how God, uses silly things that's why they call it the foolishness of preaching and i was thinking about an old nursery rhyme of all things to have come floating through your head was an old nursery rhyme it's called humpty dumpty that's that's what God gave me. How many know that one? He said, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And as I thought about that, I thought about, I know a king I know a king who can. You know, it's the enemy that comes and talks to other people. Say, says, well, he shouldn't have been on the wall anyway. What was he doing up on that wall? We told him that's a dangerous area. We told him that he shouldn't be hanging around that place. I know a king who can put it all back together again. I know a king who can take the broken pieces of your life. I know a king who can take the things that don't make any sense to you. I know a king who can give you the very thing that you've been reaching for every other place. Listen, in my life, I reached and I grabbed for all the gusto I could get in, it left me nothing but empty. But I know someone, and his name is Jesus. And he can put it all back together again. And I don't care how far you've fallen this morning. God is able to put it back together. And make something of your life. And he's got a place reserved for you. You know, he built this earth in six days and rested on the seventh. He's been working since that time for a place up there for you and I now if, it, if he built the earth and all of its beauty and I've seen some of its beauty think of what heaven's going to be like what are you living for today where's your heart you go ahead and let's stand this morning This, I'm going to say it again you're not here by accident this morning I'm going to ask just a couple of questions this morning and then we're going to pray we're going to boogie on out of here Are you living your life for the blue today? Where's your heart? It says where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Are you living your life in the light of eternity? Are you willing to go out on a limb for the one who went out on a tree for you? Jesus died for you so that you could have life. I'm going to ask a couple of questions this morning and you'll say, you know what? I know God and I'm trying to live a Christian life but I know I need to be walking stronger for him. and I know that sometimes when everybody's going this way I kind of get caught up and I'm st- I'm kind of like this, and I I want to walk this way. I want to walk God's way, and I want to be strong in that. I want to to chase that 500-pound line. I want to do all that God has for me in my life. I want his purpose to be accomplished in me. I want to have the kind of faith that says, you know what? I trust him. I trust him in the way that whether he heals or not, whether he delivers or not, I'm still going to live for him. I'm still going to walk for him. I want to stand strong and make a difference in this world. And I can't do it on my own. But I know I can do it with his strength. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. We're not, it's all right if we look around. That's okay. Lots of hands going up this morning. Okay. One other one this morning. If you don't have a relationship with Christ this morning... You've never said, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need you. Most of the people that just raised their hands have already done that. They've said, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I need you. I need a Savior. I need to know that when I leave this world, I'm going up, not down. Amen? Amen? If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. All we're going to do this morning is pray. We're going to say a simple prayer. So if that's you this morning, just lift your hand up, slip it back down, say, Roger, that's me this morning. I need Jesus. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else this morning? Come on! Don't miss. Thank you. Don't miss this opportunity. I I know this morning while we were doing worship, I knew that even during our worship service, that the enemy was trying to take somebody down and not let them come into the kingdom this morning. But God is calling your name this morning. God is calling out to you this morning. And he's saying, come son, come daughter. I've been waiting for you for a long time. It's you. And you know it this morning. You have felt the presence of God in this place. Don't resist God's drawing. God loves you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you. He wants to make your life what it should be. He wants to make your life complete. And it all starts out because we, you and I, we're all sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Labor with me. Christians, be praying. Labor with me this morning. Stay with me just for a few minutes. You say, well, I'm okay. I'm an alright person. Listen to me this morning. Have you ever lied? Have you ever cheated? Have you ever stole? Have you ever uh, uh, cursed? Have you ever looked at a woman or a man like you shouldn't? Any one of those commandments that you've broken, we've all broken them. We are all sinners before God. That's why Jesus came and got on a tree for you and me. Because when He got on that tree and then He rose again, that Sacrifice that Jesus laid down was the perfect sacrifice that washes every bit of that away and we are clean before God. We come into a relationship with Him because Christ died for you and me. Before we close this morning in prayer, and that's what we're going to be doing, we've had some hands go up. Just slip your hand up and down this morning. If that's you this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, just slip your hand up and put it back down real quick. I'm not going to labor it any longer. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's, let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everybody at the beginning here to pray with me because we did have some hands go up for that. So, uh, saints, if you'll all pray with me. And if you're here, and I pray this morning, that you'll you'll pray this prayer. Pray it loud enough for your own ears to hear it this morning. Would you just pray with me this morning? Father God, God. I I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, make me whole. And God, I, I, I accept your sacrifice. Strengthen me that when the world is going one way, I can walk the other way. God, help me to live for you. Help me to get into your word. Give me a hunger for your word and a hunger to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for all of the rest of you. Father, I know that, Lord, that we are living in these last days. And, Father, I pray that you would strengthen every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. God, that we would have the the courage to say, I will live for God. I will not bow to the things of this world. I know that he's called me for such a time as this, and I'm going to pursue his will in my life with all that I have within me, and I want that kind of faith, Father God. I pray that you would dispense that to every man, woman, girl, and boy in this place. The kind of faith that says... He is able to deliver me, but if he does or if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to stand for him. I'm going to stand here in the United States of America, and I'm going to let the light of Jesus Christ shine through me, and I pray that it affects Otsego County. I pray that it affects Gaylord. I pray that it affects Michigan. I pray that it affects the United States of America, and that it goes throughout the world. God, I want to stand For you, Father, cause this assembly, Lord, to be a place where your light shines so brightly. God, I pray that there are open heavens above this place, God, that you can do signs, wonders, and miracles. God, I pray for the unity of the body of Christ in Gaylord, Michigan. That we would walk arm in arm, that every gospel-preaching church would come together in unity. And God, your kingdom would come, your will would be done upon the earth. Father, we pray this, Lord. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well you keep us in prayer. And come back next week. And we're going to talk a little bit more. About um, those of you. Uh, I don't know where we're going. Totally I never do. But, but uh, we're going to be talking about maybe you're here and you don't know what your dream is, you don't know what your 500-pound lion is, and we're going to try to help a little bit in that area just to speak a little bit about that next week. So the Lord bless you. Uh, the Lord keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you, keep you safe where you're going, and you're coming and you're going. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. We pray you enjoyed this message. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.